Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Welcome to Jazz Shapers, I'm Elliot Moss. It's where the shapers of business join the shapers of jazz, soul and blues. And we have a Jazz Shapers Encore special for you today, so don't go anywhere. We welcome back onto the show Matt Lum, former CEO and director of Tangle Teaser, the life-saving device that kept my first and second and third and 45th marriages intact. I'm only kidding. Um, And the hugely successful detangling hairbrush, for those who didn't know. Matt joined me back in 2017 in the summer, he reminded me, and he's here today in his latest role with Danny Gray. They're the CEO and founder, respectively, of Warpaint, the UK's leading men's makeup brand. As a young kid, Danny was bullied because of his appearance, an experience which he says changed my life forever. He developed a form of body dysmorphia, obsessing about the way he looked. Age 15, after borrowing his sister's concealer to cover some spots, he couldn't believe the power of products, yet there was no brand that related to him or that allowed him to shop with confidence. So he created one, launching Warpaint in 2017. Enter Matt Lum. After leaving Tangle Teaser in 2018, with the company having sold 50 million brushes in 70 countries around the world, Matt became CEO at Warpaint. Their mission? To bring men's cosmetics into the mainstream and promote positive mental health. Our ethos, they say, is to break the stigma that makeup is solely for women. We're about making men feel comfortable to shout about wearing makeup. Welcome to both of you in our new virtual lounge here at Jazz FM. How are you? Very good. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us back. Absolute pleasure. Now, exactly. Welcome back. I'm looking at these two handsome people here in front of me. One is in the west of London, somewhere very lovely, and one is in southwest of London. And and I am sitting here in the northwest of London. And I've also got. We should. I should always say this on the new the new series of Jazz Shapers here in 2021. Stuart, our producer, is also here on this incredible platform. So it's as if we're all in the room together and we can have a group hug, which we won't do just yet. Danny. I want to talk to you first. Tell me a little bit about how Warpaint happened and why you moved from all the different sales jobs that you did into something which feels like it's much closer to your heart uh, as well as the as well as your head and as well as your ability to earn a living. Yeah, so I think you you covered a lot of it in the opening piece saying about I was bullied when I was 12 years old, but only literally over a couple of weeks. It wasn't very long, but they took the mick out of my ears that were right angles to my head. So I'd never really taken a notice about my appearance, but after that day, I did every single day. Um, and it really affected me. I had my ears been back actually within three months. And then, but growing up from my teenage years, 15, the spots for me, it was just, it was overwhelming really. I didn't want to go out. So I turned to my sister, she gave me a bit of makeup. And as you touched on that, I honestly couldn't believe what a product could do and how confident it could make me feel. It was a tool that I've now been using for the last 20 years to help me deal with body dysmorphia, which I actually suffer with. But being a guy and, you know, a straight guy, that was seen as a taboo, really. And I never felt there was a brand out there that I was confident in buying in store when they related to me as a guy. Education for me as well. Women make it seem very complicated and I wanted it very simple. So sort of risked everything and thought I'd do my own brand. And um, yeah, it took about a year of development and had to remortgage my house, some cars, washes, everything, because my opening order was a substantial amount of money because I've actually formulated my own product and I didn't want to white label anything. So risked pretty much everything. 
why I want to do it is because I knew there's a lot of guys out there who would think about using makeup or maybe do it in secret and not see the benefits of it that I have without a brand like us coming about and doing it in a bit of a different way to the traditional big conglomerates. So um, that's really the reason that I, I founded it. And it's been an absolute crazy journey for the last couple of years. You very kindly, uh, the two of you, sent me a little package and I have already showed off the fact that even though I am 50 and I look 80, your concealer has helped me. Um, my bags under my eyes look a little less worse. And the other thing I've used today, and I do recommend this one, is a beard and brow gel. And I only say it's because the packaging looks fantastic. And I think obviously the aesthetic of, of makeup should look phenomenal. The only thing I've ever used in the past was when I did a bit of television. It was the Touche Eclat, mm-hmm. um, and it was the, the the stuff that goes underneath your eyes. It was the only thing I, I'd ever heard about. You two met, Matt, how, and what convinced you to join and go, you know what, we can make this special? So we were introduced via a mutual friend um, that I'd met at a Fast Track event a few years ago. He owns a company that does all of our fulfillments, so he, he knew Danny for the first six months of trading. I think Danny had just filmed the Dragon's Den show and was also getting quite a lot of interest from L'Oreal's incubator program. And I think he just had people coming at him from from all angles. Our mutual friend Stuart, who hopefully is listening, said to Danny, you know, I met this guy a few years ago. He's got some experience of scaling startups. Maybe you could have a chat. As you touched on before, I'd left Tangle Teaser in pretty good shape. I think we were revenues were circa 30 million great team you know established team and distribution this that and the other i wasn't really looking to join a six-month-old startup with no infrastructure but i did think i could maybe add some value and, and meet danny once a month maybe and sort of just try and put me in the right direction and make some intros so we met for a coffee in soho and you know when you just know so danny and sean are very different people but i like people who back themselves and danny had a business that was six months old but believed a hundred percent in what he was doing that makes a big difference to me it wasn't just about selling product the story behind this brand is incredibly real and it resonates with people and we found a way of making it work and i um i joined full-time probably three weeks after meeting him for the first time maybe four or five weeks and here we are we sort of started from scratch it was just the two of us in the summer of 19 was it i think it was 19 Danny. yeah yeah and now we've got a, a great team behind us we're managing to grow the business which obviously we'll, we'll come on to but that's how we met it was fate i guess i'd spent 18 months post tangle teaser doing some consultancy with a, a few different brands and i know consultancy works brilliantly for some people i didn't find it anywhere near as fulfilling as as being able to get involved roll my sleeves up and get stuck in to a brand and fortunately danny and i sort of click yin and yang together really well as well we work really well together so here we are danny we were hearing matt's version and the chemistry and the chemistry is a serious point in business partnership is a a very fragile and a very special thing and i meet lots of people who have phenomenal lifetime partnerships from your perspective how quickly did you know that matt could help and what was the thing that you identified in him that you knew would indeed be able to help you so before we actually met Matt, the business had grown very quick, very quick in the first six months. A lot of stuff happened to us. We'd sold 15,000 products in four months. It was me, a, one other in a flat. And as the brand was growing quicker and quicker, I knew I needed to get someone in to help me with sort of the back end and everything to do with the business. So it's that famous saying, I should be working on the business rather than in the business. And I, I didn't know that for the first six months. And, you know, I'll be honest, I get like imposter syndrome every single day. 
even today. So I don't believe this is going to work or how's it me? Or I think that's healthy in a way, but it was very hard. And I spoke to a few people about, I wanted to get someone in and help me with the business and driving it forward. So I can concentrate on, let's be honest, the exciting stuff. Um, and when I met with Matt, because of his past history and just how he was and such a nice guy, uh, I just knew straight away. And sort of Matt was saying, well, look, I can do consultancy for maybe a day or two a month. And the way I work, I'm like, it's all or nothing. And I was like, I don't want you for a day or two. I need you full time. Couldn't afford him, if I'm honest. Business couldn't afford him. But we made it happen. And that was the right thing for the business. And since he's come on, I still worry about a lot of stuff, but to be able to know that we've got everything we need in terms of, so look, when, it, when I've got an idea or anything or driving the business forward to know that someone's behind effectively catching everything and making sure the business runs smoothly, that is what a founder needs. And I think a lot of the time founders can try and do everything or not think anyone can do it as good as them, where I'm a little bit the opposite of that. I'd rather, you know, just do things I'm good at. And then there's a lot of things I'm not good at, by the way, and get people in that can make that happen. And since you come in, and he's all right as well, you know. I actually think he's a nice guy. <laughs> and we get on, we have a laugh, you know. And he's all about culture, which I am as well, you know. Yeah. I don't I never raise my voice to staff or anything like that. And it's all about happy workplace. So it was just, it was perfect, really. As Matt said, yin and yang. So I'm basically really exciting. Uh, and Matt's just the steady one behind the ship <laughs> steering. I'm really exciting. Matt's really boring. It's what <laughs> exactly you're saying. What you're saying. Exactly. exactly what you're no, saying. No, but the, but the, but, but well, I'm exactly what you're saying, but in another way. The serious side, I just want to pick up on for a minute before we. I've I've got another question for Matt. The body dysmorphia, mm. the the imposter syndrome. It strikes me that you have got a lot of stuff going on in your brain all the time, and um, you sound like you've had that for most of your life. Actually, how do you? manage it what is your way of dealing with that worry and that anxiety that naturally comes up which by the way drives many successful people i mean there's no doubt in all the people i meet there is that dna of just i'm not good enough and therefore every day you go for it but how do you manage to not let that paralyze you? yeah and look what i want to say is don't be afraid of it either you know this imposter syndrome and feel you're not good enough and a lot of people feel like that and i do every day and in terms of body dysmorphia for me 10 years ago I was in a bad place, bad, bad place. So, you know, every minute of every day consumed me and eventually I talked about it. Um, I was literally, you know, I'll be honest, I was drunk, four o'clock in the morning, woke my mother-in-law up, four people, uh, and just said, look, I can't deal with it anymore. Um, and no one knew, no one knew what I was going through in my head. And I think that's the other thing with mental health is, you know, I'm very confident on the outside and chat the lad, life and soul of the party, but then inside, it was just, it was a bit turmoil. So as soon as I started talking about it, it really, it really helped. And I've managed to, and what I believe in with Warpaint is about tools, right? So it's tools that let anyone do whatever they want to do that's going to make them feel better and make them cope, right? And if that's to use makeup, that's not for men. And traditionally it's for women. Then it should, there shouldn't be a taboo about it. If it's about anything that can help you in a day-to-day, then I'm a massive believer that use those little bits of, tools whatever they are exercise whatever you want that help you feel better and give you confidence because then you can be the real you so this is why i'm so much belief in what we're trying to do is just open the door and let people use it and then off the back of that just quickly on body dysmorphia i'm i'm actually going to go through treatment for it very soon because i've never actually had treatment because i'm a big believer while you use these tools you need to get your mind right so i've actually just been asked today funny enough to be a patron of the Body Dysmorphic Foundation charity 
and we're going to do that and we're going to film every session and put it out there as well um because i think a lot of the time it's to worry about the unknown and i want people to know it's okay to to do stuff and to get treatment or whatever it is um and we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with that foundation but this is for me about everything if you if you know there's an option for you right that's going to help you and make you feel better the worrying it prevents it anyway. So for guys, for example, if you know you come out in spots or rashes or whatever it is, if you know there's something there that can help you deal with that, that can stop the worry. And that's what's helped me in the last five to six to seven years. Don't don't get me wrong, I worry about it every day still. I still have it, but I'm seriously a lot better than I, what I was before. So it's never going to go away, but it's just about managing it and dealing with it. Stay with me for my very honest and courageous business shapers today. That's Danny. Great, and Matt Lum, and we'll be hearing a lot more from both of those in a couple of minutes. Right now, we're going to taste the from the Mishcon Academy digital sessions. They can be found on all of the major podcast platforms. Mishcon Dores, Susie Sandama, and Emily Dorotheo talk about how fashion brands can be more sustainable while maintaining profitability and what consumers should be doing to support sustainable fashion. The Mishcon Academy digital sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. New mindsets need to be adopted at both business and consumer level, but it's it's difficult to see why brands would make the changes that are needed unless there's a change in the law. From a consumer perspective, what can we as buyers do to put more pressure on the way suppliers operate and support sustainable fashion? So certainly from the perspective of taking buying decisions, I think there's quite a few things that consumers can do. The first thing that they can do is when they come to buy a product, they can embrace Olivia Firth, who was the founder of the Green Carpet Challenge. Um, she came up with a, will you wear it at least 30 times test? Um, so if you do think you'll wear a product at least 30 times, then yes, buy it. If you don't think you will, then don't. You can also avoid environmentally unfriendly fabrics. So for example, denim is incredibly thirsty. It needs a lot of water. Anything with sequins or glitter that's been bleached or anything made from nylon or polyester because unfortunately they release a lot of microplastics when they're washed. You can also do some investigating to see what actually what sort of what credentials the brand that you're thinking of buying from has. So we have what's known as the B Corp accreditation and that's a certification for responsible businesses. And I think one of the most famous retail examples of that is Patagonia, the outdoor clothing company. You know, and as a firm, Michigan, we've got a long-standing legal partnership with B Lab, who issue the B Corp criteria, and we can provide businesses with legal advice about how they can go and certify uh, and get a B Corp stamp of approval. You've also got lots of material out there online. Um, you've got everything from Common Objective, who have a list of global ethical brands. You've got Positive Luxury, who have a list of ethical brands who enjoy the, their butterfly stamp of approval. And so any luxury brand that has the blue butterfly mark on it has been confirmed by Positive Luxury as being sustainable. You can also look online at a brand's website to see their environmental statement. We've got a website called Lawfully Chic that has lots of ideas for sustainable brands. And then, so I think there's definitely a lot that you can do at the buyer end. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.
You can revel in all our former Jazz Shapers and indeed hear this very program again with Matt and Danny by popping Jazz Shapers into your podcast platform of choice. Or if you've got a smart speaker, you can test its smartness by asking it to play Jazz Shapers. And there you'll find many of our recent shows. We're back to today's guests, Matt Lum, CEO and Danny Gray, founder of Warpaint, the men's makeup brand. Um, Matt, Danny was being super honest, super open about what's been going on for him mentally. Externally, you look like a super successful guy who has no worries in the world. Tangle T is a big success. You carry on. You're a confident person. You you meet Danny. Danny says, I've got to have you. Is that true underneath? Is that the way it's all going on for you internally? No, not at all. I, I understand completely where Danny's coming from when he spoke just now. I suffered with the whole uh, imposter syndrome thing pretty much every day as we scaled Tangle Teaser. Um as we, as we grew it from a, a one one or two million pound business to a 30 million pound business, you would ask yourself, or I, I would tell myself every day, never in front of the staff, obviously you come across as really confident and, as, you know, trying to lead the team. And, and especially when you're talking to external bankers and accountants and that sort of stuff, you, you're confident. But my overriding thought was, I'm just going to get rumbled at some point. Someone's going to just peel the layers back and think he doesn't know what he's doing. It's slightly different now at Warpaint. So I think Danny will be, Danny's very honest and open anyway, but he he will tell you for the first 12 months of us working together, he would ask me maybe once a week, like, this is, is this going to work? This isn't going to work, is it? And my honest response was, look, I, it's, I promise you it's going to work. And I promise you I wouldn't be here if I didn't think it was going to work. But even then, you know, you, you get hung up on, you know, I don't want to have one success story and then one massive flop and one massive failure. We're going to need some luck along the way. We're going to make tons of mistakes. Hopefully, not as many as I made the first time round because I've, I've tried to learn from them. But you know, we're we're both incredibly driven. We both believe a hundred percent in this brand. It's much more than just a men's makeup brand. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, I think. But no, it's not all smooth sailing. Sitting here thinking, you know, Danny touched on before mm. the business not being able to afford whatever you'd want a CEO to 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 be or to look like, but. We made it work and, you know, you take steps back and you make some sacrifices and you cut your cloth and, you know, I love what I do and I think that's really important. And I guess since the last time we spoke, Matt, you've obviously learned a lot, you've, you've, you, you know you have been able to scale a business up from one to 30 or whatever, yeah. or whatever it is. Um, building the team, I'm interested in because obviously this is a very important moment in the, in the life of Warpaint. How have you gone about finding the right people and have you made any mistakes yet? I banged on about this last, last time I think I spoke to you, but to me, culture's at the heart of everything. It's at the heart of every successful brand, certainly every brand I've been involved with. People work for people. They don't work for brands. Um, people very rarely leave a bad brand. They'll leave a bad boss or a toxic work environment. And I think if you can get the right people around you who believe in the brand as much as you do, then that's more than half the battle. I don't think we've made any mistakes so far. We've grown the team from two to 10 now with one that our latest recruits going to join us in in may and they're a fantastic bunch and they work tirelessly and if they do moan it's not to me or danny it's probably amongst themselves but uh no they're a great they're a great team and danny and i interviewed all of them together we tend to go very much on our gut feel in terms of you could have the best cv in the world are they going to fit is the cult is the fit culturally? Is it going to be a good fit? You know how what's their work ethic look like? All that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I'd say we've done a good job, Danny, haven't we so far? Yeah, team we've got now is, and that's the other thing. Do you know what with a with a business it, for me? As soon as you start bringing in people who are better at what you do at stuff, you see the instant impact of what they can do. 
And I think that's all, all we ever do with employing people is to say, look, this could be a massive opportunity for you. And look, work your backside off and we'll have the best time. At the same time, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. It'll be the hardest thing, but I promise you it'll be the most rewarding and just give me everything. Like, and I'm, not, I'm not saying work till 12 o'clock at night or anything like that. It's nothing to do with that. You know, we're so flexible on when they want to work or whatever. All I want to do is believe in what we're doing because it's so much more than just selling the product. And all the team back it. And I think if you interview one of them now and said, what do you think? It's just the stuff that's happening to us every day and we're trying to do is is so different to anything else. And I think that's a great work environment to be in. So they can't answer that and saying that it's amazing, but <laughs> hopefully they think they do. So yeah, culture is But if they, if they could, could let them, we've would. even let them work from home these last 12 months. Oh, no. That's how flexible Well, you've been very kind. I mean, you know, and, and I think most businesses have um, followed your lead <laughs> yeah. on that front and let people work at home. I'm sure people working at home were going, yes, and I wish I wasn't just a bit, <laughs> bit less would be good. Uh, stay with me for much more from my business shape. It's Matt Lum and Danny Gray, CEO and founder, um, uh, respectively, of Warpaint, the men's makeup brand. Warpaint is disrupting the cosmetics industry because it's uh, makeup for men, gay men, straight men. And again, Danny, you said very early on, I'm a straight guy, but I needed makeup. And I think that's also another big myth that you guys are busting. I just want to talk to you a bit about the community you're building. You said something I found very interesting about, I just want the people that work for me to believe in what I'm doing. It feels like there's a massive purpose, a massive mission at the heart of this. And of course, you're business people. And of course, you're excited. But this came from the heart um, and and your worries, Danny, and it feels like you want it to land that way and that that's going to be the key thing. How are you going about helping convince people that this is not just another product you might want to buy? You're in business to make money, right, which is amazing. And the bigger this brand's growing, the more people are saying, oh, it could be worth X in this many years. And that's all amazing. But I'll be honest, all I want is, I'll tell this analogy, when I'm 60 years old, I'm going to be in the pub and someone comes to me and say, what did you do? And I say, well, I started a men's makeup brand. And they say, it wasn't war paint, was it? And them to be like, you helped change the mindset about guys. Because we, if we can change the mindset on makeup, can you imagine what we can do? for guys, Especially guys being comfortable to talk about stuff or do anything like that. And where it's taken me, it shocked me a little bit, is the responsibility we've got as a brand. Because I would scare you the amount of people who reach out to me personally and through the brand about, their own insecurities or mental health, even if it's nothing to do with how they look and about opening up. And that's why I'm becoming more confident about talking about anything like that rather than just about selling products. So it's not about what this business is going to be worth or anything like that. It's about making a difference and making a change. And everything we've done, we've done first. The first of them is Makeup Counter in the World. We're launching a book on the 1st of March with Haynes Manuals. So it's a published book. It's going to be the first of a men's makeup book in the world. We've got something massive planned for this year. We're doing it the first things in the world because this is what's going to make it normal. And that is about a mission about changing the mindset. And just going back to this body dysmorphic foundation, I spoke to them before here. They've asked me to be a patron. We're going to do loads of amazing things. We're, we've just confirmed we're funding the helpline as a brand for the year because they haven't got any funding. We're going to do so much for that. I would never have had that opportunity if it wasn't for Warpaint. And for me, that is so much more Honestly, it makes me upset now. So much more. And that's it. That's, that's what, what's going to make my family proud. They're already proud, mate. You're going to have me in tears as well in a moment. They're super proud. We are as well, mate, in the, back in the office. And I'm super proud of him. 
I mean, it's extraordinary just to hear that. And that's, you know, I've got goosebumps over here and we're not even in the same room. It's um, really powerful stuff. And I think anyone that's thinking about doing something that really means something to them should be listening to this and pass it on to someone if they haven't heard it because it, it really is doing something way beyond the commercial world. And that's what I think is special about this brand. Stay with me for my final chat with Danny and with Matt today. They're the founder and CEO, respectively, of Warpaint. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. This brand has at its heart something that really matters, that it's, it's addressing something that really matters. Tell me in tangible terms what some of those partnerships have looked like just briefly um, with regard to actually making a difference, with regard to actually bringing this this notion of giving people tools to fix their self-confidence and to to address some of their anxieties. I know there's a Norwich City relationship and there's a few others as well, aren't there? Yes, we've partnered with several different organisations, actually. We've done some work with the charity Calm, the Campaign Against Living Miserably. Danny did some fantastic work last year with Look Good, Feel Better, which went down really well. As Danny touched on before, he's now working with the Body Dysmorphic Association. Um, And last year, uh, Norwich City reached out to us, which we sort of raised an eyebrow at first because we thought we can't possibly afford to probably even get tickets to go and watch them play, let alone be, be one of their corporate sponsors. But they were coming at it from a completely different angle. So Norwich City have the Justin Fashionu Foundation. Justin was the only player to date who came out as gay when he was playing. And even now there is such a huge stigma around sports people and, and footballers in particular to have the confidence to be able to come out um, and just be who they are. And that, you know, that they're still the same footballer, they're still the same player, but they, they don't and they can't do it for fear of the huge amounts of abuse that they'll get every time they step onto the pitch. So I think what we're doing resonated with them and we met with their team and they they're incredibly genuine about what they're doing. And we've we've been up to Carrow Road and, and met the team there pre-lockdown obviously. It feels a lot more than just a sponsorship deal. Uh, so, you know, we love it every time they're on TV and mm. you can see Wallpoint on the back of the shorts and in their training kits and on the on the boards and all this sort of stuff. But we meet with them on, on Zoom or whatever once a week, once every two weeks. You know, it's very much a partnership. And look, they're at the top of the championship as well. So, you know, hopefully we're having some sort of uh, some sort of good luck charm. It's the impact that you guys are having, obviously, on their performance. Um, Danny, finally, because we're going we're gonna to run out of time. Um, beyond the emotion and beyond the fact that this is addressing something for the wider, you know, for, for men uh, and all that, it seems like you're in clover. It seems like you're a very happy fellow who's doing something that's very important to you um, on a few levels. But also, let's not forget, as you said, it's a business and, and hopefully you're going to do super well. Yeah, and look, I can't wait to go to bed every night because I can't wait to go up in the morning to work. And that, for anyone, is an unbelievable feeling and very rare. And I feel very privileged to have that. And look, people can have that in any walks of life to whatever level. You don't have to own a business to do that. And it's an amazing feeling. And I just love everything about it and what I'm doing. And it's hard and it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's by far the best thing that I've ever done. And I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to anyone who bought our products because... It's amazing and I just, I can't believe it's happening to me really. And hopefully, yeah, we'll go on this journey. I don't know what's to, literally every week something happens to us and you go on a different path and I think that's what's exciting about it. So yeah. I'll ride this as, as long as as long as I can. And if it all stopped tomorrow, I'll, honestly, I wouldn't mind because I've, you know, loved what I've done already. So 
Well, listen, massive, masses of good luck to you. you. You've definitely tapped into something super important. There's no doubt of that. It's um, a values-driven business, which is also sounds like a fantastic, well, I know because I've been using the product and you've <laughs> both told me how fabulous I look. I know that it's wonderfully efficacious as well. Uh, just before I let you both go, and thank you both so much for this Jazz FM virtual lounge Jazz Shapers Encore special that you've both taken part in. Um, I'm not sure who's doing it, but what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So our song choice today is a song that I think sums up how we're feeling pretty much every day, every week. We know we've got a long journey ahead, but most days we're feeling pretty good about where we are um, and what we're doing and what we're trying to build here. And so we've gone with Nina Simone's Feeling Good. That was Nina Simone and Feeling Good, the song choice of my business shapers today, Danny Gray and Matt Lum. Danny talked about not being afraid of having imposter syndrome. Talk about it. Everyone feels it. Matt talked about culture being critical to any business, his experience in Tangle Teaser and his experience now with Warpaint. Danny talked about tools. He's giving men the tools to manage their anxieties and their worries and to make them feel good. And finally, both of them talked a lot about really believing in what you are doing. Absolutely critical to any business, especially at a young stage. That's it from me and Jazz Shapers. Have a lovely weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoy that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available for you to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or your favourite podcast platform or head over to mishkon.com forward slash jazz shapers.